thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Bold Platform. My name is Adrian, and I am the creator and host of The Bold Platform. Uh, this podcast was created in early 2019 as a way to share stories of the quiet achievers, um, female quiet achievers throughout Australia, um, who are working on really amazing community-focused projects, whether that's a small hobby or a full business, that are just trying to leave their community a little bit better than how they found it. So today I am joined by Amy and Laura from Secret Bookstuff. Welcome girls. Thanks for having us. So tell us about Secret Bookstuff. Secret Bookstuff began as a random act of kindness project um, pretty much two years ago now actually and it was me, Amy, who was wrapping my personal book collection in recycled brown paper and leaving random notes and leaving them in cafes and bus stops and gifting them to people randomly um, as a way to spread kindness and the joy of reading. The idea then caught on really quickly. People, I was posting on Instagram where I was leaving books and um, people got really excited about it and started to ask if I would send a book to their friend somewhere else in Australia. So I set up a really basic website where you could donate the cost of postage to cover having a book sent somewhere and then they would tell me a bit about their friend and what they like to read and why they were sending them a book and I would personalize the pick and write a personalized note for that person and then send it off and um, then it just sort of turned into this small side hustle online business situation and I teamed up with some charities to raise money for them and to collect books for them like um, the Newcastle Basket Brigade was the first charity that I worked with in 2017 and so I collected a hundred and something books for them and then donated them in the baskets for the end of the year. And then Laura and I got together and we started doing some markets um, around Newcastle and it's sort of grown organically and completely randomly to where we are now, which is in our very own bookshop at the station in Newcastle. That's amazing. So Laura, what was it about um, the project that Amy was working on that made you wanted to come on board? Goodness. Um, I think books first and foremost and seeing Amy's passion for the project as well was a really big thing for me. Um, I loved secret book stuff before I fell in love with Amy. So that's a kind of a bit of a nice little background to secret book stuff I guess but um, I was a huge fan and I had written about secret book stuff long before I even knew that it was Amy's project and then um, obviously when we got together the penny dropped and I was like oh I see yeah Um, but yeah it's always been books for me and spreading a love of reading was the biggest thing and now we get to do that every single day and now we get to do it even more now that we have our own bookshop yeah absolutely so the book space has only just opened in early June 2019 yeah so we had our big official grand opening party um on Sunday the 2nd of June so um and now the bookshop is live we're open from Wednesday through to Sunday from 10 o'clock um but it was really great to be able to celebrate with the wider community and really launch the space Um, the way that we've always envisioned that our bookshop would look like. Yeah. And so for both of you, is this your main work now or you both do other things? How does that sort of fit into both your relationship and your, your, I guess, weekly life in terms of other jobs? I guess like we're both so different. So, um, but secret book stuff for us has always been this huge passion project. It does take up a lot of our time, but in a way that we 
essentially pour a lot of our time into secret book stuff because we love it. But for me, I have two other jobs that I work at. I work at another bookshop and I'm also a copywriter. I'm also studying as well part-time by distance. And then um, I'm here in the shop and doing lots of secret book stuff stuff wow (laughs) all throughout the week just in all your spare time right (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah we've definitely had to reshuffle our lives a little since opening the shop because when you're running an online project it's a lot easier to use all of the tiny little pockets of time you have outside of your main jobs to do that um but now we have a shop that we need to be physically in Mm. five days a week so I am a university lecturer in creative writing and a freelance editor and proofreader so the freelance stuff is easy enough to manage alongside being in my own bookshop now but um, luckily for Laura and I we can tag team our time here at the shop we can be here together sometimes but um, we also have days where Laura has to be here because I'm at the uni or I have to be here because Laura's at one of her other jobs Um, so we'll see how sustainable that is It's only been a week that we've been open. So, um, yeah, it'll be a fun game. (laughs) Yeah, trying to fit it all in and getting used to what a new week looks like for you guys, right? Yeah, I think and it's always been a balance and a lot of like we're working all the time but it doesn't feel like work. We're just the kind of people who are always on the go and I – we have these pockets of time sometimes where we're like, hang on, what? We're not meant to be doing anything. Are we meant to be anywhere? Oh, my God, what's due? What's happening? But um, And we're happiest when we are busiest. And what better way to be busy than to be surrounded by books? Yeah, right, and to be busy for yourself as opposed to, like, busy for someone else's business. That's it, right? yeah. We don't have a boss anymore. It's just yeah. Us. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me a little bit about the social impact component. You mentioned um, the Basket Brigade, which is a local charity and I know you've done some recent trips to some schools in the outback. So how does that work in terms of the the charity component or the social impact component? You're not obviously just selling books for money for yourselves. Mm. So because Secret Book Stuff started as a kindness project purely, um, we've always kept that at the heart of what we do. So when we started doing markets and actually selling secret books for money, um, all of that money would then filter back into the social impact side of the business. I mean, we didn't even call it a business for such a long time because it really didn't feel like it. Yeah, <laughs> It was just fun for us. Um, and we, the best part of it was to collaborate with local charities like the Basket Brigade. Um, so last year in 2018, we worked with a few different charities. We did a a Pride Month campaign and donated $5 from every secret book box sold to the Camp Out 2018, um, which is for LGBTQIA plus teens held each year. And that was amazing. And we also um, raised money and books for the Newcastle Basket Brigade for the end of the year. But 2019, things have changed a bit and it's really exciting because we have an official partner charity now and that's Books for Outback. So they're a local nonprofit organization that's completely volunteer run and they drive out to remote and disadvantaged communities in Australia several times a year, probably more than 12 times a year among all of the volunteers um, and they deliver books to kids and schools who might not have enough resources or these kids don't even have a single book in their house, which is just so devastating for us to learn that um, information. I guess we've been really privileged with our books surrounding surrounding us. Um, Both of us grew up in book-heavy households. Um, So we were really lucky in that way, but we just wanted to sort of get 
on the ground a bit more and we've started volunteering for Books for Outback. So we spend two hours a week in the warehouse with them as well, um, sorting books, packing boxes, cleaning books, going through donations. Um, And then we've also been on one trip so far to the Outback, which was in March 2019 this year. So now Seeker Bookstuff exists as a social enterprise to support that organization it's amazing yeah so is there um built into the i guess the sales model or the business model is there a component that goes back to books for outback or is it more that you support them with your time in the warehouse and then those trips yeah so i think for us like all of the profits that we make in the store go towards funding our trips out there right i think um, the whole logistics of a big trip out, you know, one week or two weeks going to lots of different schools. There's lots of hidden logistical challenges that we need to overcome. And so the profits go towards helping us get out there and helping us get to as many schools as possible. And then, um, and yeah, resources. Like we donate so many books to the kids and we also, you know, donate literary resources and writing materials and we run kindness workshops with each class. So um, we really take the time to really plan and hone in these trips and having the shop is what enables us to do that. Yeah. So, yeah. Tell me a bit more about the kindness workshops that you run with the kids. Yeah. So I kind of just had this strange idea in the middle of I don't know, probably the night at 2 a.m. Waking <laughs> when, me up. When all our good ideas had come. Yeah. Um, and then I, we wanted to be able to run a kindness workshop with the kids to be able to get the message of Secret Book stuff out to the wider community and what better way to spread that message than through young kids who are just, you know, willing to literally make the world a better place every day. Um, and so we kind of teach the kids about what it means to pay it forward and what it means like when was the last time you did something nice for someone that you didn't know and what does that mean and then how, you know, so what we did was um, we got each child at a school to decorate a wrapped book um, and then that wrapped book, decorated wrapped book, was then sent on to the next school. So every single school was paying it forward whilst getting a book for them to take home as well. So And all they, the kids were leaving little messages on it for the next it, kid. Yeah. Wow, that's so cool. It was really fun because we had an idea of what these kind of workshops would look like, as you do, but then we actually got into the first school, which was um, this school that had, I don't know, 20 kids in the whole school, wow. ranging from the age of five to 12, and we had them all in together and we had them wrap a book and then we realised that these five-year-olds didn't know how to use sticky tape or wrap an actual of course. present or anything yeah. and that hadn't even crossed out. We don't have children. <laughs> that hadn't crossed our minds and so that was just a really hilarious learning curve. Um and as the trip went on, we got to then do diff like we would actually each night in whatever dodgy motel we were staying in <laughs> on the road, we would wrap all of the books for the next school and then we would have them put the secret book stuff stamp on it and then write the message and then, yeah, give them a book in return that they could take home. Yeah. So, yeah, it was really fun. That is so cool. <laughs> Those little kids, they must have just been like beside themselves, especially – such a remote communities, right? To have mm. these people come from so far away and just something totally outside of their normal world. Yeah, it was amazing. The response was incredible. What was that school that we went to that had what eight kids or Mumble. something? Mumble. Yeah, Mumble um, Primary School we went to that had 
eight kids that eight were kids. there on that day in the whole school. Oh, my god! Oh, no, he'll end. He'll end, yeah. And so was this all New South Wales or was it throughout different parts of Australia? It was just New South Wales because yeah. obviously we're quite limited by the amount of time that we can be away. Sure. Obviously with our other jobs and things like that. But so we kind of targeted Orange um, and then just west of Orange, Mudgee. So we went to places like Mumble, Hill End, Canopolis, which is just near Orange, um, Stewart Town, which is the tiniest little town of the northern land, um, and that kind of western region. And then yeah. all the way, we went as far out to Dubbo. Um, so that was really great. And then on the way back, we went via Dunny Do because they heard about us on the radio. Orange um, ABC Radio like reached out to us um, because we were giving out books and putting them on our story and tagging, like geotagging where we were, like in Mudgee and around that area. And they were like, come in for an interview and then Dunny Do called us up and they were like please come to us on your way we've looked at the map and it looks like Dunny Do's on the way back like for, oh, to Newcastle wow. so yeah and they made like a really big big thing of it so that was really nice how special yeah it was really awesome and just like the feeling of seeing all the kids and you would ask all the kids in these remote communities um you know a lot of them who's your favorite author what kind of book do you like to read and they all knew they all knew mm. and they were all so passionate and they're all really big readers and they were really excited more so to take books home for themselves because a lot of them only really had the school library okay. to, to use. So we were able to give a book to them for them to keep. So How nice. Yeah. And it is so funny, like with little kids, you know, we all think back to when we were kids and like certain books that we were given, you know, whether it was for like our grandparents or our parents or something. And even if you still got them now as adults, they're so sentimental and they provoke so much um, emotion or, or like memory for you. So it's so beautiful that those those kids have got that now because of you, because of you too. That's it. Yeah. And I think like that whole thing really comes into our book selling as well. Like, you know, we get so excited when someone comes to the counter with a book that we even remotely love and you can see us light up and be like, oh my goodness, I love this book and yeah. blah, blah, blah and blah. And yeah. <laughs> and in the bookshop as well, we specialize in classics and children's classics in particular because Laura is a huge children's classic book hoarder like her <laughs> nostalgia collector <laughs> collector sorry her nostalgia knows no bounds yeah and so we have hundreds of amazing titles and um I would say like I mean we've only been open for a week but even just when we find these books in lifeline stores or um sales or wherever we happen to be the older generation of people older than us are the ones who get most excited about mm. these old books and Laura is just uh, an old lady at heart. <laughs> Isn't it such a shame too to think that because of technology and devices and things like that, you know, you're not going to really get sentimental about your iPad <laughs> in your 40s and that's what, you know, like that's what kids have now as opposed, like I'm sure still have a lot of books but it just doesn't have that same kind of connection I think a device yeah and I think like for me and like for both of us with the shop we wanted to be able to stock books that you can't find yes. anywhere else and you know I am a gum tree queen like a Vinnie's salvos everywhere that I can find books books on the side of the road books that we've saved from landfill a lot of like the classics that you can see in our store were mm. originally meant to be thrown out and there are some amazing and incredible books and you're right like people get sentimental and the nostalgic about books and we're trying to 
I guess, reach a whole new generation with that as well. Like we've seen kids come in and they pull, you know, books off the shelves and they're so excited to read them and it's just like the most heartwarming thing for yeah. us to be able to see that. So so not only do you have that social element component, but people can come in and just purchase a book for themselves or purchase one that's wrapped in the brown paper that they don't know what it is, just kind of by the category and then give it as a gift to someone in their life. That's it. Yeah. So we're trying to like be such a multi multifaceted shop. Sure. So, um, you know, someone can just come in and just acts like a normal everyday secondhand bookshop mm-hmm. um, with an Amy and Laura twist, I guess as you can see by the quirkiness with all the furniture and everything like that. But basically it just operates like a normal secondhand bookshop, except all of our profits go towards um, funding our social enterprise efforts and yeah. our partnership with Books for Outback. Um, but obviously at the heart of it is the secret books that we sell. And for every secret book, which is wrapped in 100% recycled and recyclable materials, um, we donate one to charity. So right. that's always been the heart. Um, of secret book stuff and we also have a giant lending library where people can come in and give a book and take a book or take a book home and bring it back and it's all about spreading a love of literature and making reading and books accessible to a wider community always no matter what circumstance yeah the lending library has been a really interesting um I guess project for us the four weeks leading up to our actual open date of the bookshop we had we were under pressure to fill this space we had to be in at a certain time but we still had three jobs each and lives to live (laughs) and so it was really difficult um to manage all of that the timing of everything so what we did was fill this actual physical bookshop space as a lending library we had over 700 books in here that were for free for the community to come in take a book leave a book um it's an honesty system Mm. and when we were actually physically in here manning the lending library which didn't happen very often because we had our jobs to finish up before we opened the bookshop um People kept coming in and asking, so how are you guys making money out of this? <laughs> and every time we would both just giggle and it's like, we're not. This yeah. is a free community lending library that we have gifted to the community for four weeks and everyone just thinks that there's a catch or something. Yeah. But there's not. Um, and we're really excited now that we've opened the bookshop, we're really excited to continue the lending library out yes. under the station platform. Yeah. Um, as yeah, a gift to the community and make sure that people continue enjoying the love of reading. We love those little street libraries that we see everywhere. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's really fun to continue that as well. Yeah. Mm. How many books do you think you have sort of either sold or donated since you've um, begun secret book stuff? Mm. Ooh. Well, I love a spreadsheet and I love a system. Mm-hmm. So I know that at the moment in store, we have over 800 books just in store. Wow. Um, and that's not including all of the ones that we sold on Sunday. Mm. Um, but so all of the books that we've donated, I mean, last year we donated 128 books to the Basket Brigade. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also donated an extra 100 books to Carrie's Women's Shelter as well. And then 92 um, books went to the Sustainability um, Centre in Bellingen because we were up there, we were doing markets and stuff up there. And we just love Bellingen, so we wanted to be able to give them some books. Um, but yeah that was just one year yeah that was all in one year and yeah. so it's just a, 2017 and you mentioned the book um the outback trip that there were probably you know oh, yeah. two to three hundred oh yeah at least over 200 books that we donated to all the schools and you know they're all individually wrapped and given to schools so yeah and when we were on that trip we also took an extra load of about 50 
adult books that were wrapped up and we left them as random acts of kindness in each town that we passed through. So if we'd go and get coffee somewhere, we'd leave a couple of books behind. And um, we also made sure that we had some books for the teachers too oh, beautiful. in each school. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't want them to feel left out. Oh, no, that's <laughs> it. And they probably give so much anyway because they're probably under-resourced and, and it's nice for them to have have something. In terms of the work that you've both done so far, what have been some of the obstacles or the kind of um, challenges that you've come up against that you've really sort of had to push through either individually or as a as a couple or as two business owners? I just think like starting up and running a business is a huge undertaking and, you know, we kind of really had to learn on the fly everything that we have done no no one teaches you how to run a business no one sits you down and was like okay this is what you need to do and these are all the problems that you'll face that are very specific to your business but I think that what I'm most proud of is the way that we really overcame all of our problems by kind of running head on at them and just backing ourselves I think Mm -hmm. was the biggest thing anything that we wanted to do or anything that we envisioned we've been able to achieve because of that kind of thing so yeah we're always fighting against time. <laughs> it's really difficult um, over the we've, – what we've been together 18 months, so we've been doing Seeker Book stuff together for 18 months mm-hmm. and then I was doing it for six months before that. Because it's not our main source of income or our main job or the only thing that we do and never has been, that's always been a, a challenge because although we love being busy, like Laura said – finding the time to wrap all of the books and to send out the online orders and balancing both of our lives and all of our other jobs at the same time has always been a challenge. And Christmas 2018 was particularly challenging. We were both so exhausted and um, we were doing, how many markets did we do? Something like 30 markets in two months leading up to Christmas Mm. and then had online orders coming out of our ears, which we're obviously so grateful for. Sure. But then we were also, you know, I was marking assignments at the uni. Laura was doing uni assignments. We were both working in bookshops. Um, We were just, yeah, we were very tired a lot of the time and we kind of just said to ourselves, we can't keep doing this. Um, And we had to do a big, uh, I don't know, have a good hard look at ourselves and our self-care and our um, time and the way we were spending it. And so we decided when 2019 hit that we were going to allocate one day a week only to working on secret book stuff. Um, and that day was a day that we both had off our other jobs. We would send out orders only one day a week. And so we changed our online um, website to make sure everybody knew that. So they couldn't expect to receive their book the next day unless they paid express postage or whatever. So, um, that was a really big call for us, wasn't it? Like it was really difficult to step back like that Mm. and then in a weird way it had the effect of propelling us forward Mm. (laughs) so intensely that we ended up getting offered this space for a bookshop yeah which is just so hilarious how that happens like once we took a step back and decided to look after ourselves and just like put some boundaries around secret book stuff and what we were doing with it that's when people wanted more and these amazing opportunities landed in our laps. And, yeah. I think it's hard too when you first start a business because, you know, whether it's clients or it's customers or orders, whatever it is, it's like you just want to say yes to everything because you, you're trying to make this thing go and you're trying to make it fly and you don't really, you don't feel like you're in a position to say, no, we're only working one day a week. It's like you just do whatever, whenever you need for mm-hmm. everybody to keep going. Mm-hmm. But it is so important to then go, you know what, we actually 
can't be sitting up at one o'clock in the morning and then mm. getting up at six o'clock and functioning a good, mm. like something's got to give. Yeah. How do you guys look after yourselves now? You've obviously mentioned the the one day a week where you can be together and work, but what are some other things personally that you find really kind of fill you back up so you can get up and do it all again for another week and another <laughs> month? This is a really funny time for you to be asking us this question because we have just had two totally insane weeks of no sleep and setting up the bookshop. So we actually had this conversation over breakfast this morning. We treated ourselves today. We went out to breakfast and had coffee and sat down and said, okay, we need to get back on the self-care train yep. and here are all the ways that we're going to do it. Um, <laughs> so we're pretty tired and we're both a bit sick I was right going to say, and you're both <laughs> sick. So sometimes that's like the, the white flag, your body just being like, hey, come on, yeah, I cannot do this anymore. <laughs> that's it. I mean, like right before the opening, Amy got really sick and I think I actually said out loud, okay, well, one of us, one of us is sick, then I can't. And I could feel my body like almost getting sick. Like, no, 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 yeah. not time. I don't have time for that. Um, but I think like the thing that we've gotten really good at, even if it isn't necessarily putting time aside to do it, it's acknowledging that we haven't been doing it. So um, like Aim would be like, I just want to see this guy. I just want to be able to go for a walk and look yes. after myself or like me. It's like, I just want time to read or I want some quiet time or I want to watch something dumb on Netflix yeah. or like, you know, stuff like that. So it's acknowledging what we need in our lives and then checking ourselves. I mean, yesterday was the day after the grand opening and I, was meant to, you know, be at home, like all cozy getting in. And then next minute I was here doing all the things because I just wanted to be in here and wanted to get all the things done that I know that we have to do. Yeah. We both have difficulty slowing down, but we're very lucky to have each other because we can keep each other in check. Right. If one of us is sort of slipping into that high functioning anxiety state of, I need to do everything immediately and have it all done. The other one is usually able to step back and say, okay, like, that's great. I support you in wanting to do all of the things that a normal human cannot do. But right now we just need to do this meditation or something like that. You know, yeah. like we, um, we love going to our friend's meditation class. Our friend actually just opened a meditation studio two doors down at the oh, station. Wow. So we're super lucky to have yeah. that very close now. Um, Yoga is another thing, walking, winter swims. I'm really saying winter because it is winter now, but yeah. we try and still get in the ocean in winter. And, you know, I think that the biggest thing is that we need to remember, we need to remind ourselves as well that it's not, they don't have to be big, long weekends away sure. to take that self-care. It can be as simple as like sitting in the car for five minutes and doing a little meditation before we then walk into the shop um, or, you know, just, Cooking a good dinner instead of eating toast for the yep. seventh night in a row. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. I've had so many people on the show, uh, on the podcast, so say a similar thing where, you know, there's such, um, you know, scrolling through social media and all that. There's all these self-care memes and images, you know, this whole one around bubble baths and candlelit bubble baths always comes up and that's awesome. If that's what I it is, I would say no to a candlelit candlelit bath. Yeah, bath. I mean, I would definitely say yes, except I don't have a bath. But I think for everyone, it's different, and it can be you know five minutes listening to your favorite song on your bed with your eyes closed, just resetting, not doing anything else, or you know seeing a sunrise or jumping in the ocean and quickly jumping back out again. Whatever it is, it's like you've just got to find 
what it is that works for you, I think. Yeah, that's it. I think that there was a time last year where we got to a point where we just worked and worked and worked so much that we needed to go away. Yeah. And we would go away on holidays and then we would get back and then just do the same thing again. So we're trying to balance it out. I mean, like we love a good, love a good trip, but like yeah. I think it's more about a constant day to day, especially now with the shop. Like what a, what a beautiful dream to be able to work in our very own bookshop and own our very own bookshop, but it's a balance. I think. Yeah. Absolutely. I think practicing gratitude is the number one thing that we do each day together as well. If we, yeah, we play the grateful game. If we're starting to slip into any kind of stress or overwhelm, Mm -hmm. one of us will be like, let's just play the grateful game. So what is the grateful game? We just have to take turns saying something that we're grateful for. It's like very simple, but it lifts that black cloud away from your mind really quickly. And sometimes it's more challenging than others. You know, Mm -hmm. when you're in one of those moods where you're just like, Mm -hmm. the world is against me. and (laughs) I hate everything. Just let me me have the world against me for five minutes. (laughs) Let me just have a little pity party. Yeah, let me wallow. Yeah. Um, But we eventually get out of that and it'll just be like, oh, my goodness, just look around. We are so grateful to have our very own bookshop. I thought this was something I would do when I was maybe 70 Mm -hmm. as like a retirement project. Sure. It's always been a dream, but I never thought at the age of 30 I would be running a shop um but it's amazing and yeah it would just be simple things like the blue sky today yeah we just do that as many times as we feel is necessary (laughs) before we move on with our day (laughs) yeah definitely Mm. if there's people listening that think that you know they would love to turn a passion of theirs into something more of a business or a more kind of um significant project is there any advice that people said to you that really stands out for you or um, something that you would say if people came to you, which I'm sure they will now, that you've done it and be like, how did you do it? What advice would you give me? What would you, what advice would you give? Well, that was such a knowing smile. I know people can't see, but you both just looked at each other like this really knowing smile. You know exactly what Laurie wants to say and I'm going to jump in and say it first. <laughs> you've got the microphone, go for it. Um, so, you can do it at the risk of sounding super millennial and like, yes, the world is your oyster. Oh my gosh, you can do whatever you want. (laughs) For real though, you can do it. You can make an impact as one person. You can make an impact Mm. with having no money whatsoever. We, I don't even know how we can properly explain to people that we didn't plan to open a bookshop and then suddenly we did. And we have no money. We have no savings. Like we don't have any savings between the two of us. And we somehow did it because we're Gumtree queens, but also like (laughs) hashtag manifesting. I don't know, whatever it is, like without going into the nitty gritty of it, we didn't borrow money from anybody. Like we literally just made it work. We already had a storage shed full of books that we'd been hoarding that we didn't really know why we were hoarding them, but we just knew we wanted them. And then suddenly it all made sense when we had a bookshop to fill. But I think that one of the things that used to get me definitely before I started Secret Book Stuff was I would see all of these people doing these really cool things and I'd be like, oh, my God, I wish I'd come up with that idea. I wish I'd done that. That's so cool. Oh, they're so great. Wow. But I don't have any money. Mm -hmm. But I don't have any time. But I don't know even how to start. And then one day I just kind of did it. Like I just – like and I started so small. I just started wrapping up my own books and – writing little kindness messages on them. And I had no freaking idea that this is where I would end up with it. But that's where it starts. It's just having the passion and the drive to do something really tiny and you never know where it's going to end up. So instead of thinking super big, just think what is it that lights me up and what can I do right now 
to follow that dream the tiniest bit more, whether it's to starting your own that. podcast. Yeah, yeah, totally. No one's going to listen to it. You don't know. It doesn't matter if no one listens to it, but you just record an episode and then you see what happens. It's yeah. like when my students at uni ask me, how do I become a writer? And I'm like, well, first of all, you write. So there's that. And <laughs> Use a pen. <laughs> yeah, like it's really unhelpful advice, but it's also very helpful yeah. and simple when you think about it because you just have to do it. And I think too there's like this massive push around like this whole like boss babe thing and, oh. and you know, like these, you know, Sorry. girls that hustle and all this yeah. sort of stuff and it's they're massive and they're these super impressive women. Don't get me wrong, they're very impressive women but it's also like, right, well, here I am sitting in my little bedroom which is also my office. How do I get from here to that? Yeah, it's like that how- was a huge thing for us. We went to like a business talk once um, in Sydney where there was all these really accomplished women who were, you know, up the front going, yeah, you know, I just did it and I just like went away and then now I'm like slowing my life down and living this whole slow living because mm. my huge empire is like, it's kicking away. And yeah. Amy and I kind of I've sitting got 20 there, people like, running it for yeah. me. And Amy and I kind of sitting there in the crowd, but like, yeah, but like that's, that doesn't help me. Like I need to know how to get, I want the middle nitty gritty bit. Like right. I didn't want to shy away from that. And I think the biggest thing for us is like what Amy said, we just did it. Everything that we came, like all of the stuff that you see in the shop, all of the furniture, all of the books, all of any sort of like handiwork, we did it ourselves because we thought that there was no other option but except to do it ourselves. Yeah. So we just forged ahead and did it. And yeah, we had no savings. We still have no savings, but that is okay because we're doing something that we love and then that's yeah. great. And I think too, for some people, like having money in the bank and them going to bed every night knowing they have money in the bank is super important for them. And that's totally fine. Like we all have our own, I guess, securities in different things, but for you to, you know, obviously it's something different and having a physical space and being in this together, then like that's your, your security and someone else is different. Again, it's funny, um, that you mentioned the money and going like, we didn't have money. We didn't borrow money. Cause the first time we, I ever heard you girls speak or was ever in the same room at, as you was um, at an event where a couple of local business owners were talking. And I think one of you actually said like, yeah, yeah, yeah. curious. <laughs> if you don't mind me asking, like you mentioned you borrowed money, how much money did you borrow? And luckily the girls were, that were speaking were fantastic. And they're like, yeah, we borrowed, I think it was like 10 grand. We borrowed it off our dad. We paid it back in two years and they were really transparent in that yeah. um, information. And I think that's really handy because sometimes like someone could walk past this space and be like, oh my God, they must be in so much debt for that. Must or be loaded. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or being like, oh, wow, I wish I had, you know, earned that much money or my parents had given me that much money so now I could just go and open this, like, charity bookstore. And it's like, no, that's not actually how it is. But I think the more open we are and yeah. transparent with our stories to go, you know what, like – this cost us this and we got this bookshelf for 10 bucks of Gumtree and I hustled with the guy yeah, to get it for $15, it. Yeah. you know, $5. That helps other people go, right, okay, so now I can see that I don't have to get a bank loan if if I don't want to and that's fine if, if you do, but there's so many other ways to get it oh, yeah. started. I mean, like we just said – you know, okay, I need a shelf. All right, I'm going to go out and find a shelf. Yeah. And then I need some matching shelves. And how can I make them look matching? And then, okay, well, I became like a gum tree haggler because there's this whole like, I love the cycle of someone doesn't need something, but I do. But then there's something else that they will get in return. Yes. Like it's, as long as you believe in that cycle of, you know, things that go round and round always come back in your favor, yeah. then that's the thing. 
But yeah, the question that we get asked the most is like, yeah, but how do you make money? And it's this really strange kind of question and it always really throws us because especially when we say, you know, if every secret book we sell, we donate one to charity and they're like, yeah, but how do you make money? Yeah, like you said before, it's like they're waiting for the catch. It's like, oh, yeah, well, our grandma passed away and left us like all this money. Then people go, oh, okay, now it makes sense. They definitely afford to donate their time and resources then because they've got – like they're sitting on bog bang. Yeah. 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 That's it, yeah. And then I – because like for us, it's life value is so much more to us than money. Um, I mean, like we say that, like, you know, we don't have to pay for food and rent and stuff. We still have the same bills as everyone else. But like, you know, we – there are things in life that we value above being high rollers, I guess. Yeah, and having lots in the bank and yeah. what, whatever that is I mean, is we're, not, we're not saving for a house because um, we literally can't, but maybe one day. Um, we don't go out on the weekends drinking. Like, drinking is expensive. It really is. You know, like, I don't know how I afforded to do that when I was 18 for that, like, six months of my life when it was an exciting thing to do. Mm. Um, but, yeah, like, we just – we just have different priorities in life to some people and that's not a bad thing at all. Like everyone's, like you said, everyone's got their own lives and their own passions and we just happen to run this bookshop that we made out of gum tree. Like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I keep saying to Laura, we need to do, cause I love the idea of being super transparent about money because money is such an awkward issue and people get really weird about it and really funny about it. And they don't want to divulge information or they ask questions that are kind of a bit rude that you'd, I don't think are rude and then you're like wait maybe it's not rude for this random stranger who walked into my shop to ask me how I make money right yeah and sometimes I want to say like well what do you do for a living oh you're a lawyer cool how do you make money like so (laughs) what do you earn yeah (laughs) but um but yeah like we just we we actually don't mind um sharing the nitty-gritty of the business and I keep saying to Laura we need to make some kind of video tour of the shop yeah and be like so these couches were free (laughs) yeah and this shelf like came from someone's backyard that they're about to put in the tip like you know and that that's how we made it work that's how we did it and I'm really proud of that and I think if that if one person watches that and then goes oh okay so I don't actually have to go to like fantastic furniture or Ikea or wherever it is and deck out a whole thing I just have to be okay with couches that maybe are not my dream couches and mix match or whatever but it'll get me if that's the difference between getting this thing off the ground and not then okay, now I get how other people have done it and they're a bit creative about how they deck out the shops or get their website up and running or whatever that might be to get their idea off the ground. Yeah, Yeah, I mean like everything, even the plants that we have in the shop, I said, okay, like I'm very Virgo, very practical, very like A to B. I was like, we need plants. We have no money for plants. Who has plants we can borrow? And I messaged my friend Riley and I was like, this is really random, but I need to borrow your plants for a week. And they were like, sure, here's this one, here's that. And then once you open yourself up to this kind of like need economy, you can see, you know, a sort of system that we can work. And people are always willing to share. And that was another big challenge for us as well, was being willing to ask for help. Yes. Because we can get sort of in the trap of being like, no, we want to do this all of ourselves Mm -hmm. and we don't know what to tell people to do because no one can do it like us kind of thing. But then once we kind of opened the doors and asked people for help, it really showed, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you give so much to other people by letting them help you because that person goes away and was like, I'm a good person you know I did a good thing today I helped those girls and they you know maybe that wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for me you're actually giving so much to other people by saying yes to their offers of 
help or volunteering or support or donations, whatever that might be. That's it. And I mean, like even the products as well that we stock in store, um, apart from the books, like we make bouquets and posies that we're partnered with the grateful Mm -hmm. so for every posy we sell they donate one to the hospital yes and we picked all local products like we have ceramics but like voluptuary ceramics that um we're her first stockist yeah and she's a good friend of ours um the smith trading co original artwork that we have press petals original artwork we found them because they're just like us they're wanting to they're giving it a crack and that was the whole philosophy behind everything that we stocked in the shop. It was people who were giving it a crack just like us. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's like everyone needs that start somehow, right? And without mm-hmm. people just giving each other a bit of a start, it's like how do you, how does anyone get off the ground if it's mm-hmm. not for other small businesses going, yeah, like mm-hmm. we'll support you and you support us mm-hmm. and you're just better together, I it's guess. It's true. It's like that lame Instagram quote. We rise by lifting others. Yeah. But it's it's true. It's true. <laughs> it's really It's been true. overdone, but it's true. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's it's how it. we've made it work, like collaborating with other people who are like-minded in their values mm-hmm. um, of kindness or sustainability or community, really, whatever it is. Yeah. And we're so grateful to have this amazing community behind us as well. Mm-hmm. And we're behind them just as much. Oh, like, that's it. You know, we support every single business that um, – every single small business or independent artist who stocks – stuff here we have like bought their stuff before we've yeah. had them in our secret book boxes we've sent them to friends like that's what it's about it's yeah. give and take too absolutely mm-hmm. if people are wanting to either come and visit you um here in the shop or online how can they find out more information about secret book stuff so we're in all of the places where you would normally find information like facebook and instagram mm-hmm. we have a website secretbookstuff.com yep um, that has our opening hours on it, but our opening hours at the bookshop at the station for winter are 10 a.m. till 5 p.m. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, mm-hmm. and then 10 till 4 on weekends. So we're not open Monday, Tuesday. Um, and then online, our online business is still back up and thriving and running. So um, you can order online at any time, anywhere, because that's how the internet works. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> um, yeah, anything else? Um, I think too is like getting the idea about all the things that our business can do. Like if you're looking for a specific book for someone, we can find it for you. And, you know, sending a secret book to someone because they're having a bad day, you can send it anonymously. If you don't particularly want to let that person know that it was you, but you just want that person to, you know, be touched throughout their day, I guess, like in a really nice, grateful way, then that's a way to do it. And yeah, we're just trying to hit every corner of the book world almost. And it comes back to that original idea of that random acts of kindness, right? But just way bigger now. Definitely, yeah. (laughs) Um, And we also have some cool events coming up at the shop too, which is one of our favourite things about having our own space is that we get to do all the things that we've always wanted to do. Like got a poetry night coming up on the 15th of June. Um, We've got an author talk at the end of June as well, Summer Land, who's coming from Mudgee um, to talk about her new memoir and do a book signing. And, yeah, it's we're really excited so all of those event details will be on the website and on social media too. that's awesome girls thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing um more about um secret book stuff and congratulations 
on the opening of this space. Thanks. It's amazing. It's so nice and cozy, especially on a really cold, wintry, rainy day like this. It's so lovely in here. So thank you both so much. Um, as the girls mentioned, you can find more about um, their business on secretbookstuff.com, which has also got the details of their um, their space here in Newcastle, New South Wales. So if you're from Newcastle or if you're ever visiting, please make sure you come and say hi to the girls. Um, we'd love for you to share this episode with anyone who you think um, would love it, especially the book lovers out there. Um, feel free to share this with them so that we can share the secret book stuff story a little bit more. Um, you can find more about The Bold Platform at theboldplatform.com.au on Facebook and Instagram as well. Thank you for listening to another episode and thank you girls so much for coming on the show. Thanks so much thanks for, having for having us. us. And thanks for what you're doing too. Oh, that's very lovely. Thank you.